1: Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday as we gather to worship and hear the Word of God proclaimed. You can learn more about our church at groundedandgrowingradio.com.
2: Today we're going to be talking about the death of Jesus Christ, and we're also going to be talking about His resurrection. And so I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse 13. This is a passage I think is quite well known. And I'm so glad that we get to spend some time taking a look at it today. I pray that it will be a a comfort, a hope, and an encouragement to us as we take a look at these strong words from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others, others do, who have no hope. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Paul makes sure that as he writes this letter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to this body of believers in Thessalonica, this body of believers that he loves so dearly that he hits On major things. He hits on the big things. And today, as we take a look at these few verses from 1 Thessalonians 4, we see something that every Christian at every point of time in history needs to know about. Here, the Bible speaks about something that every single person in every single place at every single time needs to know about. We need to know about death and about what happens After we die. And one of the wonderful things that the Bible tells us today is that there is hope. You see, every single person will experience death. Every single one of us who is here today, if the Lord tarries, will die. And you and I need to know that there is hope. And today we see that there is. There is hope. There are four parts of this passage that I want for us to talk about in our time together. The first is is a hopeful morning. The second is the powerful resurrection that's talked about in this passage. The third is the faithful promise that, that comes to us from God. And last, we're going to talk about being finally home. These are the four things we're going to talk about. Hopeful morning, powerful resurrection, faithful promises, and finally home. So let's start with hopeful morning. Here's the way that the passage begins in verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Right away we can see that our subject matter for the day is about those who are asleep. Those who are asleep We're talking about those who have died. This is what's meant by those who are asleep. The Bible here isn't talking about those who may have slept through a worship service or who are sick or are at home recovering. It's talking about those who have died. This is the way that the Bible at uh, several different occasions talks about death, talks about falling asleep. There were some, obviously, within the Thessalonian church who had been uninformed. Many of the commentators that talk about this speculate about this type of uninformed thing that was going on. They speculate about the misinformation that might have been present within the Thessalonian church, the reason that he was saying, we don't want you to be uninformed, but all of that is just speculation speculation all seems to me quite baseless. What is clear is that there were some things that people were not understanding about death and were not understanding about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying, if you understand rightly about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the fact that Jesus will return, it helps for you to have encouragement and hope in the face of death. That rightly understanding who it is that Jesus is, that rightly understanding what it is that he accomplished when he rose from the grave, gives hope to those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the information about Christ's resurrection and the certain hope that we will be raised from the dead also should give to us hope. And that's what the 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 second half of verse thirteen tells us: that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. It's worth saying at the outset of our time together today that the hope that we have as Christians is not that we will escape the trouble of the world. It's not that we will escape the pain of the world. The hope that we have is not that loss never hurts. The words of the scriptures in 1 Thessalonians 4 are not, do not grieve. They're not, do not mourn. They're not that loss doesn't hurt. They're that you can mourn with hope. That you can mourn with hope. And Jesus is the one who shows us this the most clearly. Do you remember in the gospel of John? At the very center of the gospel of John, John chapter 11, The thematic core, if you want to find the purpose of the gospel of John, it's given at the very end of John, but you can see at the very middle that the climactic miracle that Jesus performs is the raising of his friend Lazarus from the dead. It's the point in the Gospel of John where Jesus declares that he is the resurrection and the life, and that whoever lives and believes in him will never die, and and those who trust in him will live even though they've died. He asks, do you believe this? It's at the core of the Gospel. And there's a passage in John chapter 11, there's a section of the story in John chapter 11 that always amazes me every time I read it, and always kind of knocks me back. You see, Jesus has delayed coming to Bethany where his friend Lazarus was sick. He's delayed coming to Bethany and he says that it's for the benefit of the disciples because they're going to see the power of God. And so in delaying, Jesus arrives in Bethany where his friend Lazarus had been. He arrives after Lazarus has died. And the repeated refrain of people who would talk to him is, Lord, if you'd just been here, he wouldn't have died. Jesus, we know that you're a healer. And Lazarus simply wouldn't have died if you had been here. And Jesus has the intention to raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus recognized that Lazarus would live again, not only at the last day, but that Lazarus would live again in Bethany on that very day because Jesus was the defeater of death. And he was going to show that no enemy could stand against him. And in the midst of all of that, there is this surprising passage with one striking verse, the shortest verse in the New Testament. This is what John 11, beginning at verse 32, says. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who had come with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And then verse 35, two words. Jesus wept. Then verse 36 goes on. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? This is so astounding to me because Jesus, knowing his own power over death and knowing that he was about to exercise his power over death, knowing that he was going to be able to speak and the dead man was going to be able to get up and walk out of the tomb, Jesus knowing all of this, weeps as he sees the place where his friend Lazarus had been laid. Jesus weeps in the face of death. You know, there are sometimes some people who are well-intentioned, and please don't misunderstand me, these people mean the best, and sometimes in trying to come alongside those who have lost a loved one, they can say things like, you know, don't cry, you don't need to be sad, you don't need to weep, you don't need to mourn, they're with the Lord now. And the people who say that are absolutely right, that the loved one who dies trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ is with the Lord. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't mourn. Jesus did. Here's the distinction when you experience the loss of someone that you love, you may still weep. Your Savior did. When you're confronted with the reality of death, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be filled with grief. It's okay to miss the person you've lost. It's good to miss the one that you've lost. But as you mourn, mourn with hope. Mourn with hope. With the hope that death will not be and cannot be the final word.
1: Today's message on Grounded and Growing in Christ will continue in just a moment. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, to listen to other messages from our audio ministry, or to make a financial gift of any amount, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. That's groundedandgrowingradio.com. This audio ministry is made possible by gifts from listeners like yourself and we greatly appreciate all those of you who continue to make it possible to share this work with listeners across Chicagoland. Now let's return to today's message.
2: And that takes us to our second point, which is powerful resurrection. Here we see that the text gives to us the word for repeated three times, for Four, four, repeated in verse 13 in verse 14 and verse 15. And, and each time this word is repeated, it, it begins a sentence that gives us a reason for hope and a reason for encouragement. And verse 14, verse 14 gives us the first one of those. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. You see, the death and the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. The death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is the fulcrum upon which world history turns. You see, the cross of Jesus Christ is the place where Jesus defeats sin and death and the devil. And he proves it on Easter as as he's raised from the dead by the Father. The grave could not hold Jesus And what this passage of scripture is telling us, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. This passage testifies to us that because the grave could not hold Jesus, it will not be able to hold anyone belonging to Jesus. Do you see how that brings hope? Something astounding happened to death when Jesus broke it, when Jesus defeated it. You see, death was our great enemy. And it continues to be. But you see, that thing which had reigned over the world from the time that sin had brought it into the world, sin brought its great friend death in the garden with it. Sin had reigned over the world from the the very beginning of humanity until this point in history when Jesus got up and walked out of the grave and something astounding happened to death. This great enemy of ours, this thing that had terrified all of humanity, became the doorway through which we're able to enter into life everlasting with the Lord if we trust in Jesus Christ. The great terror, the great foolishness has now had its sting removed and this great enemy has become a doorway to everlasting fellowship with the Lord. Do you see how this brings hope? Verse 14 gives us a second reason that we can have hope. We're told that, uh, verse 15 gives us the second reason. We're told that in verse 14 that since Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. And in verse 15, we're told this, for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. This shows us Our third point, which is the faithful promises of God. This is not the promise of any human being that's offered to you. This is the promise of God. For this, the passage says, we declare to you by a word from the Lord. This is God speaking to you that those who have died and have been buried, that they're going to be able to meet the Savior along with everyone who is still alive when Christ Jesus returns. Those who... Those who live until Christ Jesus returns on the last day, they're not going to have privileged access to the Lord Jesus Christ. No, those who have fallen asleep, along with those who are alive when Christ Jesus returns, all together will be able to see the Lord together. There's no privileged access for those who continue to live. And this is God promising you. That for every one of you who is here and who is missing a loved one, for every single one of you who is longing to see one who has gone before into the care of the Lord, I have an indestructible promise for you. You, Christian, will see those that you have lost who also trust in Jesus again. If any one of us is alive when Christ Jesus returns... Or if all of us are alive when Christ Jesus returns, we don't get to go and be with Jesus and live, leave everybody else behind in the dirt. No, we won't precede them. We will get to be together with Jesus. That's the second part of the hope. And I just want to tell you this morning I'm so thankful for this truth. I'm so thankful for this truth. This summer will mark six years of me serving as uh, one of the pastors here at Orland Park CRC. And in those six years, I've buried about 75 people. That's, that's a whole congregation of people. And one of the things you know, that, they don't, that they just don't tell you in seminary because I don't know how they'd be able to prepare you for that is about how you don't forget about those people. And about how they come, they come back to mind. And even as I'm preaching this morning, and I look out and see all of you, I remember the loved ones that so many of you have lost. And I remember the tears that have been shed as a final goodbye here on earth has to be said. And I remember the pain of those moments. And sometimes it comes back in times where you don't expect it, right? Or sometimes it comes back when the same sort sort of death happens and you remember the one that you've buried. And you recognize that there are so many people. I recognize that there are so many of you who are sitting here this morning And you miss someone who's gone before. And you long to see them again. I'm thankful to be able to tell you today that that goodbye that you said, it's not a forever goodbye. When you've had to see a loved one that you care about deeply Breathe their last. It's not, it's not a final goodbye. It's not the end. Death is not the end anymore. Because Christ Jesus has defeated it. And I want to declare to you by a word from the Lord today. That those you have lost in the Lord. If you are in the Lord you will see again. Again. And this is why you can mourn with hope. Because there is no final goodbye for those who are in the Lord. Those who live in the Lord never see each other for the last time. And that's what's brought home. And the final point that's made in this section of Scripture, finally home. Verse 16 And 17 tell us this For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. This is how it will happen. This section of scripture tells us how it's going to take place, that there will be a day when the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend, as we sing in the great hymn of the faith, right? And when that happens, when the trumpet sounds and when Christ Jesus returns, the dead who have died in Christ, they will be resurrected bodily, by some, by the, by the power of God, the the person will be raised with a, with a new body, one that doesn't. You know, perish or spoil or fade and we don't know exactly what that looks like because the Bible doesn't tell us but we know that it's true and we know that those who have died who are in the Lord when they hear the trumpet call the grave won't be able to hold them any longer either and they will get up out of the ground just as Christ Jesus got up out of the grave and those of us who are still living when Christ Jesus returns when we hear the trumpet sound we'll be able to see this we'll see those who have died in Christ Jesus bodily resurrected and then the passage says that we get together to go and meet the Lord in the air, and that after we meet the Lord in the air, that we will always be with the Lord, that we will always be with the Lord. And this is the greatest part of the hope that this passage offers to us. Don't miss that, that we will always be with the Lord. There's a theologian named D.A. Carson. And he he gave a talk at, at the Gospel Coalition a couple of years back, and he was speaking from Ezekiel forty eight. Ezekiel forty eight is the very end of the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is a prophet, and and as he closes his book of prophecy, Ezekiel talks about the new heavens and the new earth. And he talks about how on the great city that that the Lord Jesus Christ will bring with him at his return, there will be the words written, The Lord is there. The Lord is there. And he talks about how this is our great hope. That when we live forever, we live forever with the Lord. With the Lord. And this is what the passage tells us this morning. We will always be with the Lord. And so let me quote for a bit from D.A. Carson. As he's talking about Ezekiel 48. He says, the name of that city shall be, the Lord is there. And he says this. I know that at funerals we sometimes lay quite a bit of emphasis on the fact that Christians never say their last goodbye. We look forward someday to seeing those who have gone before. And then he told a story. My mother died of Alzheimer's or complications proceeding therefrom. The last two or three years, she never said anything. You could sing the old hymns and get a little squeeze of the hand. Someday, I'd like to ask her Did you really hear us when we prayed for you? Do you remember that? And he continues, and it's right that I should think like that. But not if it's at the expense of displacing God. For when you read Revelation 21 and 22, the glory of the place is not visiting your mother. It's not having a theological talk with the Apostle Paul and asking him what he meant by the end of Romans 11. It's about God. The Lord is there. Throughout church history, the ultimate good is often described in two Latin words, the visio dei, or in English, the vision of God. And the fact that this doesn't excite us as much as it should means that we simply don't have a large enough view of God. This is where our hope is found here. We will meet up with the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. This doesn't at all diminish the goodness that will be ours when we see those who we have lost. But it is to say that the goodness and the glory of seeing the Lord transcends the goodness of seeing all those who we have lost. This is a hope that is held out to every single one of you who trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will see God. This is the hope of your life that the one who made you and the one who redeemed you is the one who will be with you forever. That you will be in the presence of the one who is the most glorious in the entire universe. That when Christ returns, you'll see him and you'll be with the Lord and that it will never, ever, ever, ever end.
1: My prayer is that the Lord speaks to you through his word, that we cultivate grateful hearts to him and flourish in a world searching for the hope That we find only in Jesus. To hear more about gratitude. To learn about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church. Or to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160 through this audio ministry. Visit us today at GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com